0: Welcome. This is Eric from Ghana Records, Goner TV, Goner stuff, Goner projects. Thanks for tuning in. I will be talking to Dr. Pete Larson in a minute. Uh, Pete has had a long career in the underground music scene, uh, starting uh, with uh, punk rock in Jackson, Mississippi, and. Bulb record label started around the same time I started Goner in 1992-93. He's been in bands, put out bands, 25 Suaves, Couch, uh, Prehensile Monkey-Tailed Skink, put out uh, Quintron Records, Andrew W.K. Records, Wolf Eyes Records, Oneida Records, lots of records. Uh, He uh, has been around the world studying infectious diseases as an epidemiologist. And uh, has started a new label, Daggeretti Ready Records, uh, which has put out some African musicians, some of Pete's stuff where he's playing an African instrument the Nayatiki with some uh, other people in Ann Arbor, and some free jazz from Heart of the Ghost, and some other stuff too. Um, so I'm going to talk to Pete, and uh, this is the second time we went through this. Uh, I managed to... Botched the audio on the first time through. I'm hearing a little bit of a hub, uh, buzz. Um, Pete sounds great, so hopefully, hopefully everything sounds good enough. We'll work on our uh, audio um, in the future. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Here's my talk with Doctor Pete Larson. I think we're going all right. So recording started. Yeah, recording has started. This is uh, Eric goner records i'm here with dr pete larson up in uh, ann arbor michigan we'll talk a little bit about uh bulb records and Daggeretti records and uh kind of all his travels through the uh indie rock and roll punk rock noise whatever we do uh
1: for the second it, time
0: <laughs> for the second time
1: yeah it was so We're good until we get it
0: right yeah yeah right <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow <laughs> with the same story again.
1: Exactly. Practice makes perfect.
0: That's right. Um yeah, I guess uh uh as an introduction, I guess I, I was interested in uh uh Bulb Records doing um Shangri-La Records, I think I was I was over there um when I heard maybe the couch record or prehensile monkey oh, I'm tail, sorry. skink or uh, I'm sorry. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? It was uh, it was just blasts of completely chaotic, kind of freeform noise. So yeah, I just uh, it was a definitely a breath of fresh air at the time, and uh, kind of followed the label um, ever since.
1: Yeah, obviously, your standards were low. <laughs>
0: standards were really low, <laughs> in, uh, in the early early '90s, I think.
1: Um, they were low for all of us. Yeah. I mean, think about what you know what it was like for you listening to it. You know what what you know what does that say about me for putting it out? You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, if anybody's Jim. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's that was the start, and then uh, Pete went on to release records by Quintron and Andrew WK and uh, King Brothers, King Brothers, is um, all all kinds of different folks. Uh, my favorite actals, that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, so just to just to get some background uh how did you come to the the punk rock thing
1: How did i come to the punk rock thing in my life
0: yeah yeah when what, I, at what point what were you listening to before you heard punk rock and and what was the effect of of uh i of
1: i saw punk. um the new york dolls on don kirchner's rock concert and in, in in i think 1973 maybe yeah yeah and and it was it was mind blowing. I mean, I don't know if, if you were alive at that time. I think we're about I was, the same I was age. Young. I'm assuming. Yeah, I was yeah. young. I was like four, three or four, you know. Right. And and it was mind, mind blowing. I mean, there was nothing like it, you know. Right. And and, you know, I mean, like a lot of kids, you know, you saw like Black Sabbath on Don Kirshner's or whatever. And, and it was followed up with a showing of of Killdozer with wow. Lee Majors wow on, on the cbs night movie right so yeah. it was like you know crazy american crazy you know american rock and roll new york rock and roll and then followed up with you know the, the space alien possesses a bulldozer and kills everyone in sight so yeah you can't beat sort it. of yeah totally i mean yeah. like that sets the stage for the rest of life right no everything else TV. is a letdown. down yeah. <laughs> And I was, I was pretty let down for a lot of years, you know, like I just didn't listen to music. I wasn't into music, you know, it was like, Oh, this is lame. Yeah. And then, you know, I saw the plasmatics on Fridays and watched Wendy Williams, you know, cut a television in half with a chainsaw and <laughs> throw it in the audience. And, and I was immediately in love. I mean, right. Right. You know, right. <clears throat> I've been looking for her ever since, but
0: right. Yeah. Know. No, I think, I think I had a little bit, I was really into like Dr. Demento and uh, oh, totally. kind of wacky stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. I I knew the top 40 and I knew all that stuff, but I was always looking for something else and I didn't know how to get it. I didn't have an older brother or cool older friends, you know? Um, so Dr. Domeno was about as close as I could get to it.
2: Oh, and, totally. Uh, you
0: yeah. Know? So punk sort of to me was like Dr. Domeno with a it was. Kind of well, even though those songs had a mean edge, you know, like yeah. puppies and, and stuff like that. So
1: totally fish heads
0: um, yeah it's just the only place to hear yeah basically the residents on normal tv i mean fish heads is as weird as any resident song so
1: oh 100 yeah <laughs> so, totally
0: weird so punk I mean, yeah. was like dr domeno to me just as i got older
1: yeah totally you know like i wasn't ever i don't know what you were like but i was like i was never into kiss i like i couldn't i just wasn't into it i was like oh this is like yeah you know it's like rock and roll you know can I cuss? This is bullshit, you know? Like, right. I was right. just like, no, I'm just not into this, you know? Yeah, like, it was but too phony. Were crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was phony. It was phony. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I you. I
0: appreciate yeah. phoning. I like the kitschy stuff, but people took them seriously, and I just yeah, couldn't get into it, you know? Yeah, I didn't get it.
1: I was like, oh, this is like, you know, a bunch of guys <laughs> in clown makeup. Like, what's right. serious about this? And people were like, oh, kiss, man. This is heavy shit. Right, like, right. No. You know, it wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, you had a whole bunch of degenerates running around, and you know, real degenerates. You know, I think like Aerosmith and and the Rolling Stones and all this kind of stuff seemed a lot more real. I didn't really listen to that stuff either, but it was on I the radio, it. and it seemed better than, or you know, than people in, yeah, clown makeup or whatever it was.
1: I mean, the- the, yeah, go ahead.
0: The picture it in Kiss Alive 2 of the kids at the concert is Oh, that was pretty cool fucking yeah, cool. Yeah. Still cool. And Gene's, yeah. you know, bloody, you know, face and everything is pretty cool. But yeah, it just didn't hold up, you know.
1: It just I mean, didn't speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw I saw Wendy Williams like, you know, cutting the TV with a chainsaw or a guitar with a chainsaw or whatever, you know, and it was just like, oh, this is this is it. You know, this is like real, like Yeah. You know. Yeah like gene simmons you know he had his blood but you know it was fake blood you know like Wendy williams was like oh this is real yeah like
0: when i I grew up i want to marry her you know yeah i remember reading the newspaper of the sex pistols touring you know they vomit on stage and you know people are getting hurt at these shows i thought oh fuck that sounds great you know holy that's that's like what i what i wanted out of music and um i that tour does sound insane but when I heard the music, same with the Ramones, I heard like punk rock is coming. It's just noise. I was like, yeah, I'm ready for just noise. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it sounds like music to me. It's disappointing, you know, that the plasmatics are much better. Just departure from everything. I, I
1: could I could like, you know, I heard I heard the Sex Pistols and I was like, oh, this is just like kind of a bad rock band. Like, I mean, yeah. now I, now I, I, obviously I appreciate it, you know, but the time is like I was just like everything else. Yeah. But like the plasmatics, I couldn't figure out what they were doing. I was like, oh, "Is there music in here?" I'm like, "I'm pretty happy there's not." You know, like. <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: right. I think I think yeah. We talked about like if if we were just a little bit older and had to endure Aerosmith and all that Led Zeppelin a, li- a few more years, we would have welcomed the Sex Pistols as you know,
1: oh yeah, the totally. big
0: break that it was. But yep. to us, it was just more music out there. You know, um, and Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, No Wave really was like a departure from punk and that kind of stuff. When I finally heard that kind of thing, it was through the contortions and uh, the No New York record, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. But even before that, I mean, like, you know, there was a lot of like really like fucked up, you know, punk and hardcore out there. Like, I mean, it seemed like like the contortions and all that, that stuff I kind of picked up on later. Yeah. you know when i was a little bit older like i didn't know about it when i was like 12 or 13. and i think if i had heard it then i wouldn't have understood i've been like oh there's saxophones and this just makes no sense you know right but there was like definitely a lot of like you know fucked up music that like was really awesome you know like you know like i remember the first time i went you know a friend of mine drove me home He was a little bit older than i was and he played me plastic surgery disasters yeah and I was just hooked. I was like, oh my God, this is like, I can't make heads or tails out of this shit. It's like, <laughs> it's so good. It was just like complete noise. Like, <sharp inhale> the production on that record is so bad anyway. Like, yeah. oh, this is brilliant. You know, like, yeah. I want this.
0: Yeah. Um, I was getting skateboard magazines and... uh, We're Like Thrasher? I was like Skateboarder at the time, which is really okay. funny to go back to him in like 76, 78 they're like top 10 is either a punk record or Led Zeppelin. It's like all all, all the toughest skateboarder dudes were still listening to classic rock and Jimmy, but they were also listening to, you know, Devo and, uh, Mm -hmm. black flag and all that stuff. Um, so I was, I was reading about all this stuff and not really hearing it. And I woke up, you know, one Sunday morning and my dad was like, Hey man, I saw uh Devo on Saturday night live last night. It was pretty good. It's like, dad, dad, that's what I want to hear. Come on, dad.
1: So, you know, but if your dad tells you that, that kind of thing, it just instantly becomes so lame. You're just like, yeah, oh, wow. I tried. I still wanted to hear it.
0: You know, I, yeah. I had, I had to catch up to my dad at least, you know, to call right. it lame.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You can't let him give you the one up, you know?
0: Right. Uh, but uh that's cool so so did you start playing music at a young age was it just listening what how did all that happen
1: oh i mean you know like a lot of people just started playing and you know trying to play punk rock when i was like 13 or whatever i think yeah. i was 13 yeah i stole yeah. a bass from my uncle yeah my stoned uncle and yeah. like you know just started trying to form punk rock bands with anybody who would do it and and of course, nobody wanted to do it because it's Jackson, Mississippi, like in oh, right. 1983 right, right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah nobody's into that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we had like eventually like, you know, we had a kind of a decent punk scene in, in Mississippi. Like, in, you know, in Mississippi you can't just say Jackson because there's only two million people in the whole state. And like, right. you know, like, you know, there's only like maybe 10 who are like going to be into weird stuff. So yeah. it was like Jackson, Hattiesburg, the coast, you know, all that, that whole we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll take it all. It doesn't yeah. matter.
0: Yeah. And there were uh, like
1: kids doing like tape labels at the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, and there was still like, you know, I look back on it and it's still a lot of like extremely amazing music. I mean, there was a lot of like sort of, you know, typical punk rock bands or whatever. But there were like a lot of people doing like kind of resident style weirdness, right. you know, because like yeah. residents were from Shreveport.
0: Right. Right. It's it always seemed like the weirdest people didn't go to New York. They were in Shreveport, you know, yeah. really like it, it's kind of like they funnel, you know, it's always like, you know, yeah, you could go to New York or, or try to do it in Mobile. You know, that's, yeah. that's where you really got to be dedicated to it. Or, or Hattiesburg. Yeah. You know, I
1: mean. Like, what else are you going to do there? Right. Was I mean,
0: it, and it's so isolated that, you know, you just have your friends to bounce it off of. You don't really have any kind of, you know. And they don't care. Scene, right.
1: <laughs> like, they're not going to be like, oh, you suck because, like, you know, right. you're the only thing in town. <laughs> right. right. You know, it's like something to do. They're like, all right. This,
0: yeah. this, oh, this is
1: good. I like this.
0: Well, there was a compilation that came out on vinyl not too long ago. I mean, probably 10 years now. But mm-hmm. what was that called? I forget
1: a compilation
0: yeah it was like i think it was around jackson bands or or it was mississippi stuff
1: uh i i reissued a cassette what uh, was that? a friend of mine um my a good friend of my joel black he's out in california now um uh, i gotta give that guy a, ma- a massive shout out like because yeah. he's just an amazing individual like one of the most amazing creative people i've ever met and he had like done a bunch of home recordings when he was like 13 like using like a casio keyboard and a bottle and an oscillating fan <laughs> and like he made all these recordings and put them together into a cassette that was put out by my friend stuart odom who's down in new orleans now um by this label called called um primordial Sids. they had a zine and a label down in hattiesburg yeah and it's fantastic it's like I listen to it now and I'm just like, you know, still to this day, blown away by how amazing it is. Like for a kid 13 years old, like who probably hadn't even heard the residents before, you know, right. with like I'm going to do this thing and it's really weird. And, you know, like I'm just going to do it. And so like the cassette, we would listen to it all the time in Mississippi, like, and, and um, you know, just on repeat. You know, we're yeah. just like this is amazing, right? And eventually, like, I was like, I've, you know, one day I'm going to reissue this on vinyl and make it a permanent, you know, permanent record of what this kid did, you know, yeah. and, and did about ten years ago or so.
0: What was the name of it?
1: The terrifying sickos.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrifying sickos. Yeah. They had Let's a whole see,
1: label. Like, okay. they, yeah. they had a bunch of bands. They had like there was like three of them: it was Stuart Odom, Joel Black, and and Darren Chase. And Joel had terrifying sickos and um, they all had a band together called the skull cans. And they had another band called the ethnic lizards. <laughs> right. And like, they had all like a whole compilation of all these fake bands they made up and a bunch right. of zines. Like, I mean, these kids were just like absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. 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 It's still, when I look back at that stuff, I'm like, you know, how is this possible? Like it was so like next level, you know? Right. You're talking Nothing about,
0: do I... it your... yeah. Do it yourself. They create everything. Because there's nothing.
1: There's nothing. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's the best.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, do you know Joe Pestilence?
1: Of um, course. Yeah. yeah Joe. Joe think... Joe's a great friend of mine.
0: Yeah, he was posting talking something about that that mm-hmm. uh, that band. Yeah,
1: he was. I mean, same. He was from the coast, and like you know, we were we were both you know. You know, we would like sit around and listen to these tapes on <laughs> primordial SIDs and just be like, you know, there's nothing we could ever do that could ever come close right. to this. Like this is amazing. Uh
0: it sounds great. It sounds great. Uh
1: yeah, uh, I so- wish I wish somebody would reissue all that stuff, like all the zines and, and the tapes and everything else. Like I'm sure they're they're kicking around somewhere.
0: Right. Yeah. It's uh it- digital stuff just doesn't you know it, it, you could scan it and it just doesn't isn't the same you know as having having a zine or something you know somebody actually yeah. made
1: yeah in, a, in like a copy shop in the middle of the night you know. right
0: stealing copies because your buddy works the late night shift exactly yeah. that's exactly <laughs> yeah so like I,
1: I started you know like you know doing zines and and tapes and and putting out stuff when i was in high school just because of all those what those guys were doing you know yeah like oh you can do this It's like all right right
0: right yeah were you into trading and stuff with other people and trying to get outside and find out about other things that were going on
1: totally like you know we'd send tapes off to like maximum rock and roll and they you know review it and then you'd get like 50 different orders from you know god knows where Right. And it was just like mind-blowing. It was like, "Oh, there's a guy from Finland ordering this. I don't even know how to send stuff internationally cuz I'm 16, like." <laughs> right. I don't know what this is, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it brilliant. Yeah, it is. It's it's, you know, um just uh, part of you, you become part of this community of of weirdos everywhere, you know, trading this stuff and it's it's really cool. You know, I don't if you become a You know accountant or something you don't have that kind of uh maybe you have a hobby um, where you could talk to people in Mm -hmm. finland about stamp collecting or something but i don't know it's always been an interesting way to to you know meet people all over
1: and uh, well for like you know you know for like a kid you know from a fucked up home in in mississippi like you know it was pretty mind-blowing to know that like you know like you could do something and like there were people all around the world you know, who, who would, who would be interested in it. Like that was a really weird thing, you know, it's so cool. Yeah. It was, it was totally cool.
0: I mean, if you go home, you know, you're not on the football team or something, but you go home and you got a cassette from Finland.
1: It's like, wow. (laughs) I remember I got like a cassette from like Taiwan or some, something like one day, like some guy sent me a tape. I was like, what is this? You know, like, like, how do you find, like, why does this happen? You know, like it was just crazy.
0: Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, it's, it is just, it's, I mean, it, it, you exist and you're interacting with people, you know, it, high school, a lot of times, at least, you know, you are just like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? Um, but it's just like something you can do that makes you feel alive. You know, people are reacting to you. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, kids don't have that today. Cause they obviously do. It's just kind of in different forms, but like, to me, like, you know the mid 80s you know for for punk rock and zine and cassette trading you know was was a really special time you know that 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 you know probably a whole lot of people didn't get to experience you know
0: i think i think people are never going to be as isolated as you were at that point you know now you can go on and talk to somebody from korea so easily and you know two states over was you know impossible to talk to somebody let alone korea you know at that point
1: yeah so, i mean yeah. you know especially at that time like you know if you're a kid in the south like you know and you want to go to see a punk rock show you gotta like you know in jackson at least you know you had to like drive down new orleans or you know drive to memphis or drive to atlanta to go see all these things it was like took a lot of effort like to do oh, yeah. that yeah yeah you know it wasn't like somebody could be like oh i'm, I'm into punk rock i'm gonna do a show tonight you know right like, and then tomorrow i'm gonna forget about it it's like no you gotta like you know figure out how to get your ass up to like Memphis you know from Jackson which at the time was seven hours You're like right. the speed limit was so low you know right. and it was like okay well now we get to Memphis what do we do now we don't know anything about Memphis you know like right. where's the antenna I don't know
0: <laughs> Right. yeah you look for a punk and pull over and, and yell at him and say you know where do where was see antenna and they're like that way uh yeah yeah um yeah, no, when I when I moved to Memphis, I had never been anywhere where people had to drive 3 hours to go to a show, and that was a regular thing. Um, you know, in in Memphis it was usually 6 hours because if it didn't come to Memphis, it was probably in St. Louis or New Orleans or Atlanta. And yep. you know, so Yep. Those are big drives just to see a band, you know, and that's Oh, totally. People are like I- Dag yeah. into it, you know. It's not. It's not coming to you. You have to go to it.
1: I mean, I, it's like it was. It was, you know. I think ten hours from Jackson to Atlanta at that time. Wow. Well, you know, it's like we well, well, Who's coming? All right, we're going to drive <laughs> ten hours to Atlanta. You know, right. to go check out Who's at the Metroplex, like you know, like. I mean, I don't. You know, w- w- would I do that now? I mean i don't know you know it would depend on the band you know but at the time it was like okay this is totally normal let's just do this
0: (laughs) yeah i have 20 hours plus to waste just getting there and back
1: (laughs) i have like 50 cents in my pocket like and i'm gonna have to like speak in the show somehow like
0: yeah yeah it's amazing yeah Uh, so high school ends and you get out of jackson is that what happened
1: yeah, I turned 18 and I, I just left. I was like yeah. I'm done down here cuz I'm not yeah. from the south and like if you're not from the south, you'll never be from the south and yeah. You know, like I'm out, you know. And ended up back in in Michigan, you know, right at the right time, you know, prime sort of touch and go, you know, time. You know, laughing hyenas were 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 kicking hard then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. playing all the time you know, Slaughterhouse were playing. Like, there were all these bands. Boom and the Legion of Doom, like, a bunch of great bands playing. Yeah. Um
0: Did you know uh, Len that does Wanghead? Do you know him?
1: I don't think so.
0: He put out the first Gories record, and he had, uh, like, um Elvis Hitler and Snake Out, mm-hmm. and these other bands. But um uh Art Fag was the band. Yep. That, yeah, I, I like that. I think he made a roller coaster in his backyard kind of thing, like a working roller coaster. So oh, really? He's, he's around somewhere. I, I I don't know if he's outside of Detroit or, or somewhere, but mm-hmm. um, that was kind of a role model, you know, another, another wacko kind of uh, Detroit label. Um, but uh, yeah. So what, at what point did you start bulb? Was that right after you got up
2: there?
1: No, I was here for, you know, a couple of years and, and, you know, like my kid was born and, you know, I was playing bands and all this and, and started, you know, went back to school and all that stuff, you know, just life, life was hitting and it was like, well, you know, I've always wanted to have a record label because I, I loved putting out cassettes when I was a kid and, and doing all that. And and then I found out about this, this like plan at the university where you could convince them like that, that your power is about to be shut off or something like that, or you couldn't pay your rent or whatever. And they would loan you like 500 bucks yeah and you only you had like 90 days to pay it back or something like that and i was like oh man 500 bucks like united record pressing is like 325 dollars to do 300 records right. i can do this right and you know i had this band going with um jim magus from um the uh, uh magus you know yeah. which was couch and, you know, we started talking about it. We were like, yeah, we'd like to have a label. This would be cool. And we'll, we'll put out our band couch, which we didn't even have <laughs> songs or anything. We'd never even played a show. Right. right. We're like, yeah, this would be really good. And, and like, you know, we played a show and we, like, recorded on, like, some, you know, Walkman or whatever. You know, just whatever. And we're like, we're going to put this out. <laughs> and I was like, I got the money. We can do it. Right. And, you know, just start like putting out this record and, you know, with no sort of understanding of distribution or like how to sell something or like, you know, what to do with it. Like how to make this money back that I had to pay back to the university. Like there was no sort of indication of how that was going to work. Like it was completely stupid. But yeah. Jim Magus, you know, he had like the best ideas ever. And he was the guy that came up with the name bulb records and came with the idea of like fashioning after the sun records label i love
0: it yeah because he was
1: like he's like you know a sun is everlasting but a bulb can burn out at any minute
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'd never heard that amazing
1: that was it that that's was the perfect. whole rationale and i was like uh, oh, that was a really good idea yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and him and 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 my buddy andy clayton from minus nine who's still here in michigan um you know they sat in kinko's one night and, and made this logo you know and that was the bulb logo you know I, they, they they did and
0: it's so great
1: it's totally good yeah <laughs> and then we just started putting out records we would put out like the prehensile monkey tail skank record and you know Cornelius Gomez, I think it was another, and like, you know, a bunch of other things. And the Monarchs was a garage band here in town. Yeah. with Andy, right? Yeah. With Andy Clayton. Yeah. 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 And Tommy from, from, um, Tommy went down to New Orleans.
0: Yeah. He's in the Royal Pendletons now. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Royal Pendletons. It's a coffee shop. Hopefully. Hopefully still.
1: Yeah. Um, He fixed, he used to fix like espresso machines.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, and so, how did you figure out how to sell them? What What did you end up doing with?
1: The we records? didn't obviously.
0: <laughs>
1: you sold I mean, enough
0: you know, of them to keep going.
1: The The key to selling records is to do good music, and we couldn't do that. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. If that's,
0: I don't think that's the key.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. No, we we just like you know, I, I had a friend of mine, uh, John Brown, who works for. Um, you know or did work for with uh caroline at the time and he's like he was like you know he was from jackson mississippi so i knew him from high school and he's like you know send send us up a, a sample we'll we'll try and stock it and you should also send it over to 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 matador and it's like, okay fine whatever you know and we just sent him out and like you know i had these numbers for these people i think i had sent him out to revolver or whatever and to start calling around like you know you know do you please please will you buy our records Please, and Rusty from Matador got on the phone. Oh, Rusty, I love Rusty. And, you know, of course, it was like the time that you know, like every like we all thought Rusty was a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, which is terrible. I hope you he never hears this. But yeah. you know, we're like, oh, Rusty. You know, she's this, you know, he's this scary guy. Like, where's the Matador? We got him on the phone, and like you know, he's like he's like what? Because he had that you know she had that you know the accent. Super, know, or, yeah. Um,
0: Cigarettes, super gruff totally, voice. It's
1: just awesome. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's totally awesome. Amazing lady. And she's like, who are you? And I was like, oh, I'm Pete from, you know, Bulb Records. And we sent you a couple records. And we wanted to know if you would buy it. And she's like, what records are they? I was like, oh, there's one by this band Couch. And she's like, starts screaming in the back. She's like, you have this record by this band Couch. And, like, I hear somebody scream from the back. It's like, Yes! buy a (laughs) hundred buy a hundred (laughs) now i don't know who it was back there you know but you know that's that's where it started because it was nirvana time and and you know like people were buying seven inches for some reason at that moment and you know for some reason they sold them to stores and stores kept them for many years and then eventually marked them down and probably (laughs) them. (laughs) I don't yeah. know what happened to these things.
0: Yeah, the I guess the Sub Pop Singles Club was going. Maybe that was a reason that people, I think people were just buying records at that point. There was just a lot of people into a lot of weird music at that point. I guess. Yeah, there I were.
1: Like, you, you know, know, Blackjack like, was the same. Like, yeah. we kind of started at the same time. Yeah. And we were both doing, you know, you know, crazy music that, you know, is, is amazing. And obviously normal people wouldn't like, you know. And for some reason, like our kept our labels afloat, you know, for long enough, like, yeah, sort of inexplicable, but amazing at the same time.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I I felt a a kinship with uh, with them as well. You know, like Mm -hmm. got Monoshot came and played it uh, the antenna with the oblivions. Amazing show. Great band. Yeah. Just incredible stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, liquor ball yeah just completely insane rock mm-hmm. you know but
1: um when did you what you started 93 three,
0: four. yeah 93 i did the oblivion's first single because i didn't think anybody else would put anything out you know same thing and then mm-hmm. people kind of were like
1: oh, you sent me a, you sent me good. a tape and i think i rejected it <laughs> right yeah
0: not good enough that's why i yeah. had to do it myself you
1: know? <laughs> even and- bulb won't put it out <laughs>
0: And uh, Guitar Wolf had left me a tape. And they they toured through after. A guitar Wolf mm-hmm. story is so great, and I probably have it wrong, but it doesn't matter because it's my story. I tell myself
1: doesn't uh, matter.
0: Yeah. So I went up to see them at Guitar at Garage Shock in Bellingham, Washington, when they invited the Five Six Seven Eights and
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, Guitar Wolf invited themselves, and. Uh, <laughs> So they show up from Japan and they said, We're ready to play. And they said, Well,
1: what we they didn't have, have, they didn't have any gigs booked,
0: not at the festival. I and, <laughs> and I don't think they had anything after that, maybe a couple.
1: So nobody knew who they were then.
0: No, they had been on like a compilation and that's it. And I mean,
1: um, I, I learned about them from you, like <laughs> you, you, like, sent me a tape of Guitar Wolf. Like, and we're like, Check this out, this is amazing.
0: Yeah. And yeah, so the so Dave Kreider is running this garage rock festival mm-hmm. and you know
1: Garage Shock, right?
0: Yeah, and, and like most of the I mean, they looked the part, you know, they're wearing all black yeah. leather and stuff. They look cool. And he's like, All right, well we had this hour, half hour, whatever, set for sound check. You can play during sound check. So they just <laughs> set up and, you know, people are Guitar coming Wolf. in and, and Guitar Wolf is playing before the show started, you know. And, of
1: course, like, anybody there is, like, just going to be fun, you know. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you okay. You can't follow it. Yeah. Like, so. there's nothing you can follow that with at that time, particularly. Yeah.
0: The five, six, seven, eights are on the corner just laughing. And, you know, they just, they loved it. And Jackie and Cedric's and, you know, all mm-hmm. these people just, I'm still friends with all those people. And they're, you know, come through a number of times. Yeah. Um, And so Guitar Wolf's like, can I play in Memphis? And I think that's basically, they figured if they showed up at that festival, they'd meet enough people that they could tour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just show up and do it. And they came through uh, on Wednesday nights. The antenna had a beer bust. It was $5. All you could drink, Killian's Red. What a terrible idea. Really (laughs) proud of that. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. Bands would get to play, you know, just the drunkest, worst, uh, great shows. And they played one of those. And, like, you know, the regular 20 people were there. Um, And then they came back in, like, a week. And we got, like, 150, 200 people because everybody there was like, you got to go see this band. They're incredible. So uh, Seiji left me a tape and went back to Japan. And I decided to put out a record and tried to tell him that over facts, i think right. yeah and then did the record and i still don't think he didn't know i think he thought i was doing a seven inch until
1: the lps <laughs> you put, oh up. you put out the tape that he left you yeah
0: yeah oh um, wow <laughs> so i that. asked him i said is it okay and he so said yes of course um and then i had a friend at fedex so we shipped like you know 200 records for 50 bucks right over to japan and they showed up, and he he was in an office job at the time, and they delivered it to his office, and <laughs> he had all these boxes of records in his office. Oh so my god! Good. I think he was working construction, but he was a yeah like a foreman at that point, so right. he had an office. Wow, uh,
1: I didn't yeah. know this story. That's so brilliant. yeah.
0: That was the start of it, and yeah, we've been you know uh,
1: at it ever since. Is,
0: yeah added ever since you know and um just really yeah same thing we could sell guitar wolf you know records back then sold like 3000 of that first record mm-hmm. um and you know there was just a bigger market and people were excited about new bands and there weren't reissues of every record that's ever come out you know right. coming out every week and you know it was it was still like an exciting thing and
1: um yeah, so, yeah, people you know. people were excited to find their thing. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, to find their scene. Like that's you know what, you know, and when they did, they would like go whole hog into it, you know. Yeah. It's like I don't know, you know, I don't want to, you know, I definitely don't want to like say like, oh, it was better thirty years ago when I was a kid, but you know, you know, people are a little more had a little more of an attention span back then than they, they do can. now.
2: Yeah. You know, they don't
1: sort of now they kind of just like move between different things, you know? Yeah. Which is okay too, but, you know. It's,
0: it was a weird thing in Memphis where people really didn't give a shit about you, though, you know? So if you want to be a band, mm. you have to do it despite no one caring, you know? Because the, there's.
1: Well, same in Mississippi. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The same kind of thing. That's and right. most places are like that. You know, it's yeah. like you got to stick with it because people are going to hate you until they decide they like you or whatever, but. Memphis was especially tough, I think, and you know that that lets you just be a band and not care, right. you know, because it's like, yeah, we think we're good. Fuck you. you know? Yeah.
1: So I mean, you know, and eventually, like, you know, one, you know, people won't have anything else to do, so they'll come see you, even if they hate you. Right. You know. Yeah, and you know,
0: you get to open up for all these other bands or good bands, and because there's no other bands. Yeah, you're like you're it. <laughs> Score! I booked the show! My band's playing!
1: Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> Nothing y'all can do about it. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: so eventually, um, you put a Quintron? Um,
1: yeah, so we had Couch going um, and, you know, we're playing around here in Southeast, Southeast Michigan to anybody who would let us play. You know, like, whatever. And then... Um, my friends of mine from chicago or a friend my friend ricky moved to chicago and he's like oh you should come out here and play there's like a cool music scene out here and we were like okay fine you know get us a show we'll come out and he got us a show at um what turned out to be quintron's place the milk of burgundy um in wicker park yeah and and you know it was like mind-blowing for us because there were people there number one (laughs) you know we weren't used to that Right. You know, and then number two, there was like all these other bands and people that were that were doing stuff. You know, as 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 crazy as as what we were doing. You know, and you know it was like, oh wow, you know, there's like really a lot of amazing music here. This is a really great scene in Chicago. You know, and and Quintron had this band called Math at the time, which he do, still doesn't like to talk about, but you know we can talk about it,
2: right? But, um, <laughs>
1: And, you know, he was doing percussion and keyboard stuff with them. And it was kind of a serious thing. And, and like, you know, I did I did a CD for that band for, right. for Mass. That was the first CD I ever put out.
0: Yeah, it was CD-worthy music.
1: Well, yeah. For, well, what happened with that is, like, you know, a friend of mine at Caroline, uh, like, got Caroline to pay for that, to pay for the nice. manufacturing for it. And I never understood how that worked, but all I know is I got a bunch of free CDs. Like you know, didn't pay for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it was good.
0: good. Um. So yeah, out of out of math came what? Duotron and. Um,
1: what yeah, so math was... broke up and split. So uh, Robert became Quintron because that was the name of his dad's company or whatever. And then Jody from math became Duotron. Because there were two people in, in her band. Right. Um, so they kind of split off. And then she eventually became Monotron and like just turned into this whole thing. But, you know, Quintron at the time just kinda, sort of like split off her math and just kind of kept doing the same thing he was doing before. He was just playing percussion and like, and eventually like found an organ in the trash or something like that and started doing his organ thing. And, you yeah. know, just never turned back. Right. Especially after he met Panacea. Like, you know, he, you know, became. You know, he was always, a, always incredibly amazing, wonderful human being. And, and you know, you know, hooking up with Panacea, like really took him, you know, to the great person that we know today.
0: Yeah. They're just perfect for, you know, making great, weird things happen. You know? Totally. Yeah, Like
1: two of the most amazing people I can think of. Yeah. In the world. When,
0: when Quintron first came to Memphis to play, um, he came down with the uh, Demolition Doll rods and that was a perfect, you know, at the time. That's good we bearing. Yeah, we didn't know what it was Oblivion's Demolition Doll rods and Quintron and mm. you know, Quintron wasn't on the bill. They just, you know, brought him Put along him and down. said Hey, hey, can our buddy play? Which is you know great if you're a one-man band with an amp and a guitar if you're a one-man band with tuned water bottles all around oh yeah the
1: percussion
2: he had
0: everything you know this (laughs) giant setup um and was amazing and i was playing videos beforehand and i had corla pandit videos on and stuff and he just stopped and he was like oh my god what is this you know and (laughs) since then you know we've been we've been tight you know it's it's yeah uh but um it was just kind of the weird thing where uh maybe there weren't enough bands around or if if you weren't into a garage scene you know you would Mm. play you know the demolition doll rods pretty straight garage music playing with Mm -hmm. quintron you know that makes sense why not you know yeah you know
1: well it definitely makes sense in detroit for sure at that time at that time you know maybe not so much now but you know, at that time, like there wasn't like a garage scene in Detroit, like there, you know, there there became in the two thousands or whatever. And so the demolition doll rods were just weird from the beginning. Even the Gories were weird as hell. You know,
0: like, sure, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, Quintron yeah. and the Gories, Quintron and the demolition doll rods w- would not be strange at all at that time.
0: Right. right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, so you put out like three or four records with Quintron. Five, five. <laughs> I want to say <laughs> nice.
1: I think, yeah, four or five, maybe yeah. four in a single. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, something like that. Enough. Frog tape.
0: Yeah. Did you put out the frog tape? No, that Quintra? was
1: skin graft, yeah. I believe. Put out the they frog got, They got the frogs. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I wanted the frog tape. That would have been a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well. Yeah. 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 But, like, you know, put out a bunch of records with Quintron and, and, um, yeah, a lot of. I mean, yeah, I think it was four, and then the single that Snow Machine single that split with Panacea. Yeah, and then the the the, the math record and the Tweezers record. That's right. Also put out the Tweezers record.
0: Is he on that? I don't remember. I have it. Yeah, but okay,
1: good. Yeah, it was like like <laughs> some tape recorder on a, on a on a drum or something. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like complete hell. It's yeah. like among the the worst selling bulb records ever. I, I still <laughs> have. Them. A- I still have like hundreds of those records yeah like yeah. on white vinyl like ah, still to this day collectible yeah yeah like uh, they just they just they just don't want to go anywhere so like that that's cool with me yeah. like always looking in the closet and seeing stacks of tweezers records yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> So at some point while you were doing your studies and everything, you ended up in Japan doing same things, teaching English, or were you studying, or what were you doing?
1: Yeah, I went to Japan, um, was, you know, teaching English, you know, um, but also went over there because of the music scene, because, like, that was sort of an intriguing thing at the time because there were so many, like, cool, weird Japanese bands and ended up going to Osaka and, and um, you know, got hooked up with, uh, the King Brothers over there um, and all those Yokaichi people. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: How did you meet the King Brothers?
1: I saw them at a show with Guitar Wolf at Club Quattro in, in Osaka at the time. And I think it was like their first show, I want to say, oh first God. or second show. Like, it was packed. I mean, it was like hundreds of people there. Wow. And they played and, and they were just absolutely amazing i was like oh my god these guys are good (laughs) and you know like they were kids you know they were like 18 17 18 i think one of them was still in high school like at the time yeah you know and they were they were great yeah and you know like ended up putting out their first record um and you know put out a single for them they did a tour here in the states which we came to memphis obviously you were there Yeah. you booked the show yeah
0: I think I saw him out in San Francisco on the same tour. Maybe it was the next time through.
1: I Um, think it was the same tour. Like you went out to San Francisco and I think that was like their, cause they did a West coast leg. Yeah. And and it was like their car blew up or something. I can't remember what happened. Something weird happened.
0: Yeah. Those those shows were some of the most, the craziest shows I've ever seen. You
1: know, those were nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Really good.
0: Maya was swinging his guitar by the guitar strap really really close to just to
1: just decapitating close people enough where <laughs> I you think it's gonna hit you but it doesn't it doesn't like i mean like it's amazing
0: but yeah, uh, not but, like kiss not you don't no. know what's gonna happen next no day. it was
1: fucked up it's like the king brothers like like maintain this like like level of danger you know yeah. but amazingly like no one gets hurt like right Right. I've, I've seen the King Brothers billions of times, and I don't think I've ever seen anybody get hurt.
2: You know? Right, right, right. And,
1: and it's like controlled chaos. Like, no no band like them.
0: Yeah, they're incredible.
1: And in the meantime, they're playing these great jams. Like, the songs are really great.
0: Right, they're fun, yeah. Yeah. And they, they eventually got on, you know, bigger labels. Uh, on Toshiba, obviously- yeah. Obviously used bulb as a stepping stone to, to much bigger things.
1: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> used
2: that or street cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh yeah, are still doing it, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's they've got, you know, they've just put out a record last year. Um yeah. you know, I think they have like eight full lengths, nine full lengths. Like incredible. I mean Kazo has has just never given up. I mean right, like right. those guys just never give up you know
0: yeah and maya became sort of a pop star kind of maya, maya,
1: yeah maya had um uh um i can't remember the name of the band maya had it was band with his wife or girlfriend or whatever whatever their their connection is something
0: something boys yeah
1: uh shugugawa boys yeah and and they got really really big and i actually went to one of their shows like a couple years ago i think it was like one of their last shows and it was nuts it was like all these like young you know Japanese you know college students like there to see this this pop band and I don't think they really knew anything <laughs> about the King brothers right. and Maya was not like swinging the guitar around you know it was like really straightforward you know pop music yeah it was good yeah for sure i
0: got a cd uh and i i think they have one song and the only lyric is oblivion's it's just over and over and over again like, all right
1: <laughs> Like, that's cool. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's cool.
0: Funny. Um yeah, I saw I got to see the King brothers when uh uh we played with Guitar Wolf in Osaka and you were mm-hmm. there. Yep. And uh I remember we were hanging out outside this the show and I was kinda of confused, you know, I'm in Japan. I don't know what's going on. And you're like, just just walk through the, the the line, act like you don't know Japanese and they won't stop you. And we just cruised on through. Yeah. And you know, just walked right in. Not that we couldn't get in anyway, but right. you know, I, I I had to get in at some point. But it sure yeah. was a lot easier with that attitude. You know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They, yeah, at the they, time you could get away with that.
0: Yeah, they feel sorry for you that you don't know Japanese, and and they won't embarrass you by uh, stopping you right. or something.
1: Yeah, and also they just want to like you know get get you out of the way, like you know, yeah, yeah. too much trouble. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was great. That was that was really great. And the yeah, was, the King it, Brothers followed us around um, that whole tour. So. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah, you guys that were great. It yeah. was really
0: fun. It was super uh, good. Yeah. So what else? Uh, I guess she came back. Um, well, you yep. were, you kept doing the label in Japan, and then oh yeah, back. yeah, yeah.
1: Then yeah. I moved to Boston. I kept doing the label, and that's like you know, I you know, I did I put out like Satan is Dead and and Infinity Man after Japan. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and you know, kept going like you know, that's when I started putting out Andrew WK and you know, did a couple records for him, and and you know. Um, Oneida and Oakley Hall and Todd and uh, some of the Providence stuff, like Mind Flare, I did a bunch of records. Right,
0: right. Um, Post-Pterodactyl's record. That was that was very really... much
1: post-Pterodactyl's record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It was one of my favorite shows, as I told you last time, uh, Yeah. one of my favorite shows of all time at the Antenna. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Oblivians played that one, but it was.
1: Uh, no, you uh, didn't.
0: And I I don't know if it was a Wednesday night beer bust either, but uh, it was still a good show.
1: It was um, great. Yeah.
0: So so tell me about the pterodactyls.
1: The pterodactyls, um, I don't know what's what's the. I, well, know, what
0: was the concept? Why did the band form?
1: Why did the band form? We, we we had like Aaron Dillaway had this costume, and like he would be the pterodactyl man when he wore this costume. And we were like, Oh, we, we have to form a band around this. Of and course, like, you yeah. know, it was me and Aaron and Steve Kenny. And, and we had this, this, you know, faux rock band. Um, and we were all stoked. Cause it was like the first band we'd ever been in that anybody liked. <laughs> like, you know, like people actually liked it. So it was kind of a weird thing for us, you know, we're like, Oh, wow, this is weird. You know, people like this. So like, we kept playing all these shows and like Andrew WK ended up playing drums for us. Cause he was, um, you know, like, um, I was teaching high school and he was in my class and, you know, he was like, uh, you, you gotta get rid of Steve. He's a terrible drummer. You want me to play drums?
2: <laughs> we're like,
1: okay, whatever. And Steve was just like, yeah, oh, I don't know, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, and yeah, you know, we did like that CD and, and it made no sense. And yeah, it was like, totally like bizarre faux rock music i don't know what to call it
0: yeah it was completely spastic it was it, it was like you know rock riffs just kind of crammed with a whole bunch of nonsense screaming and uh, like Basically. i said I, you know it seemed like aaron did not touch the ground the whole the whole set you know
1: well that was what the costume was he had wings <laughs> he, <could fly. laughs>
0: he did he must have
1: been yeah. flying <laughs> yeah
0: it was it was uh you know, one of those shows where you laugh so hard, it's and rock so hard.
1: Um. That was the year like we played the Pussycat Caverns. Wow, yeah. And the New Orleans show, we like all, all the shows on that tour were amazing. Like Memphis was was amazing, and New Orleans was amazing. And we kept like we were when we were on New Orleans, we kept trying to convince them that we were from Germany. Quintron <laughs> had written that we we're from Berlin or something on the flyer. And so we're like, oh, we got to keep this up. And I could speak German. So it was like, oh, you know, we'll show up and, you know, the bars would be like, oh, we're from, we're from Germany. And, like, I feel like you <laughs> can't speak English or whatever and, like, get free drinks. And, it, you know, of course, it absolutely worked. And, like, Aaron had his costume on the whole time, you know. Before, <laughs> these poor so Germans. Like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> That's great. And so yeah. we, co- we convinced all these people that we were, like, kind of this Neubauten, like, skinny puppy kind of band. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know we're like you know you come out to see our show and, and we, we 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 rock you with our with our noise our industrial noise and like all these people showed up to the pussycat caverns like in all their like goth outfit you know like it's yeah. ebb kind of like you know look oh, yeah. or whatever expecting to see like you know this this like industrial band and they got the pterodactyls <laughs> instead
0: <laughs> i love it i love it do, yeah. yeah god yeah. Now you could just like Google it and go. They're not from Germany. Exactly. You, you can't pull these pranks anymore. Uh, no. no good. Right.
1: It's it's like it's a terrible uh, time we got right now. Abolish oh the internet.
0: God. Yes. <laughs> let's let lead our way back to fun. Holy. Totally. <laughs> so, uh, after after Providence and everything, you were you were still still in school, or was that kind of?
1: Um, no, I different. moved. back, you know well after after the label crashed and burned because uh tower you know tower crashed and burned yeah and i don't know what your experience was at that time you know but it it crushed my distributor who you know oh you know owed me and a lot of people money and because they couldn't get paid you know from tower and so it really destroyed everything so i just stopped putting out records like it's just not it just can't work anymore
0: It's hard when you just lose money, you know, it's, it's pretty much what you get back to now, but yeah, at the time you expected to break even, you know?
1: Well, you just expected to be able to continue. Yeah. You know, like to be able to put out the next record. I had records in production at that time that I couldn't even finish. Right. Like there was just no money to finish them. Right. You know, I had like an Oneida record, you know, that I couldn't do, you know, like, you know, I had like, this band record by this band pearls and brass from, from Pennsylvania that I couldn't finish. There was a bunch of things that I had test pressings for that I couldn't do anything with. Right. And, you know, it, it just crushed everything, Yeah. you know? And so it was like, Oh, okay, well no more, you know, music and time to go back to school.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, you know, what
0: Oh, night o- o- is such a great band. I mean, but they were great. Throw that in there.
1: Totally, such a good band and really amazing guys yes you know just wonderful people
0: they came through uh memphis a whole bunch because chris walker that used to book
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: barristers uh, loved them so they played a lot they were great yeah still great yeah 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 um so yeah and eventually you got uh uh, doctorate in infectious disease? Study I mean,
1: yeah. Epidemiology. Epidemiology yeah. Studying yeah. public health and infectious disease. And things that make people sick. And So you got yeah. to go
0: to places where people were getting sick from infectious diseases basically.
1: Well, people get sick from infectious diseases everywhere. You no, know? not here! <laughs> Obviously. Wait a minute! <laughs> okay. Yeah, so then I went to... Um, you know, I started working in in Sub-Saharan Africa and Malawi and Tanzania and Kenya, and you know, spent several years in 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 Kenya living in Nairobi and working there.
0: Yeah, and basically studying malaria is that is that what most of the research was done on?
1: Initially, I was working malaria work, um, but I also ended up doing you know HIV and intestinal disease and snake bites. That was really cool. Wow. And. <laughs> Cause I got to go like talk to like witch doctors that, that heal snake bites. Yeah. And that was pretty fascinating. Like hearing about all the weird, like, you know, pseudo voodoo stuff that goes on around snake bites and, you know, all over the world. But, you know, like I'd never experienced anything like that. You know, like I'd heard rumors about it in Mississippi, you know, for sure. Yeah. You know, but you know, going and talking to people and hearing about like, you know, spirits and, you know how snakes are you know can be like you know you know spirits from the, the other world you you know, like come up and you know bite you and then possess you for the rest of your life like it was really fascinating
0: i'm thinking that would make a good album yeah
1: that's why i always have snakes on my records yeah so i'm really yeah. fascinated with snakes like wow. yeah it's like in sub-saharan africa like you know there's all these legends about snakes and and You know, snakes are considered to be scary and and sort of awesome at the same time. So got really fascinated with them. And so all my records have always had something to do with snakes somehow.
2: Do
0: they, are they evil spirits or are they just spirits or are they?
1: Not always. Like they're, they're, sometimes they're evil spirits. Like you get bitten because you've been cursed, for example. Like someone has controlled the spirits to like come bite you but sometimes they also had represent like everlasting life. Cause like they shed their skin and it's like rebirth, you know? Gotcha. So there's all different kinds of weird legends around them.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like the Hawaiians, you know, believe their ancestors are reincarnated as sharks. Mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of respect. This very dangerous thing that, you know, is, uh, I don't know. You, can come up and kill you at any point when yeah. you're
1: in the water. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's scary, terrifying, and 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 awe-inspiring at the same time. You
2: know, right, right, right. Uh, and they well, are weird. Like
1: you do see snakes yeah. go around, and it's like, oh, this is weird as hell. Like, you know, what is this? You know, right.
0: They know what they're doing. You know? yeah. We don't so, know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so in Kenya, in these did you go see music in? I know you went to go see music in Nairobi and um did you go to try to see music in malawi and other places
1: oh i've got to see me i go see music everywhere i go yeah. i mean you know it's just you have to do it you know like yeah. like you know I, I go to shows here go to shows anywhere i go it's like this is what you do and and in africa there's just there's music everywhere you know like malawi was was really overwhelming because like it could be like you know your cleaning lady and she's singing and and it's just the most amazing sound you've ever heard and you're <laughs> like Oh my God, like like I want to record her right now. Like I want to put this out because this is incredible. (laughs) I mean, it's like everybody, you know, it's like why you know, why what is this? You know, like why is there so much like amazing music here? You know, like you know, it's not like they're taught, it's just something they do, you know. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, you know, you go out to bars and you know, watch people play music and you know, people dance and and it's all different kinds of stuff. It can be like, you know, traditional stuff, it can be like Reggae, a lot of reggae over there, you know, can be like, you know, disco, you know, electronics, DJs, that kind of thing. Like, like everything. It's, it's really overwhelming, you know, yeah. the variety of music.
0: Yeah. So how did you get, I, I I know you kind of started playing over there. How did mm-hmm. you get involved in, in that, uh, playing the Nayatiti? Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, you, you know, you go out to shows, you start meeting people you know, you're like, you know, you're the only white guy at the show, like you stick out and it's pretty easy to like start talking to people and like, you know, like Kenyans in general are really friendly, like no big deal, just walk up to somebody and just start talking to them, you know, know, especially if they play music, like, you know, they're always happy to talk and you know, just started getting hooked up, like you know, saw a guy in a bar playing this one night and I was like, what is that? I've never seen that before you know, I was like Talking to him for a while, and I was like, "I was like, yo, man, can you get me one?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can get you one, no problem." And you know, hooked up through a mutual friend of mine. You know, got one, and then like, you know, had to figure out how to play it. And I was like, "Well, how do I, you know, learn to play this? Can you teach me?" And he's like, "No, he's like, you got to talk to the old man, you know you know, you know, you know, he'll 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 teach you. He's the guy." I'm like, okay, fine. And it's totally like, you know, going to like some elder, like blues player and Holly Springs or whatever, and being like, teach me how to play guitar, you know, you know, and they'll be like, give me some money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Give me some more money.
1: Yeah, exactly. Give me some more money. You know, bring me, bring me, bring me some beer, like whatever, you know, know, nobody's going to say no, you know, you know, and, you know, it turned out to be a really amazing experience. Like. You know taking lessons from this old man and you know he doesn't speak english and and you know his swahili is sort of questionable and my swahili is worse and <laughs> you know so communication's a challenge but you know you just get to know everybody you know they're all super friendly and you know
0: yeah so so it's a it's like a liar um yeah it has resonating yeah. strings or not
1: yeah it's an eight string liar um you know there's eight strings uh and like there's a bowl it's like a piece of wood carved out into a bowl and then you know there's like a frame around it and there's all different kinds of it like all down the nile river like there's all different versions of it you know from down from ethiopia and eritrea like down into kenya and tanzania like there's all different versions of it and i play one from western kenya and like it's only really in one town in western kenya so it'd be like You know if you know there was a a particular instrument in holly springs and like everybody in holly springs played this one instrument you know that's what it'd be like yeah and you know unfortunately like now there's only about i think 24 of us in the world who play anymore wow like you know not many left you know very few old people and obviously they're getting fewer all the time but at one time, you know, it was it was big over there. You know, people, there were like records. I have tons of records. You have to do records.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, you started hearing this stuff and wanted to start up uh, putting
1: records out putting out music. Yeah, again. It's like, I didn't learn my lesson the first time. <laughs> Never. Like, ever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, oh. Like, It'd been
0: like 20 years or something at that point, right? What no, is the 10? 10? Okay.
1: Wait, wait. Yeah, 10, 10 years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, about a decade, something like that. And I was like having kind of a tough time in life. And I was like, you know, my professional career was kind of like, you know, not doing so good. And like personally, I was doing really bad. And like I was like, what can I do? And I was like, oh, I know how to put out records.
2: <laughs>
1: like that's something I know how to do. I can yeah. be in bands and put out records. And, you know, it was like, okay, I'm going to start this fake record label in Kenya and put just out. Just like you know. your
0: fake lab- label in Detroit. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can do this. You know, we'll jam out on Saturday night and like put it online or whatever, like go out and record like the old man plan or like, you know, whoever, you know, in Kenya plan and just put it online, you know, and then you know eventually like start pressing vinyl and here you go you know back to it
0: yeah and uh so how did that go
1: Putting out records yeah. it's going it's going
0: yeah were yeah. you were you surprised at uh how well it went how hard it was what was your experience as opposed to you know earlier
1: um it's obviously different now you know because like music's different for sure. And, and I'm older and different, you know, but it's the same. You put out records. Some people like them. Some people buy them, you know, like people appreciate it. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you. I like putting out records, you know, I think it's, you know, I love you know. putting out records. I yeah. love, I absolutely love putting out records. Yeah. Like, there's honestly nothing I love more.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it's, uh, it, it's just, it, it's, it's a weird way to collaborate with somebody and just, you know, take something and, and just show other people what's going on. Um, I, I I, I have got, we've gotten the Dagger Ready records in the store and, you know, you throw a, a seven inch of someone from Kenya playing, you know, this, droney weird music Mm -hmm. and people have been buying it you know it's it's yeah you're you're in this weird it's not a niche it's just you know you just uh you know you want to say the closest thing is world music and then you want to stab yourself in the eye so
1: that's that's generally what i want to do when i hear that term yeah
0: (laughs) yeah you know so um yeah it's just if people are into good music hopefully they like it and hopefully they get a chance to hear it and hear about it you know
1: well, you know, people like, you know, like, I think that people sort of underestimate the importance of labels now, you know, there's sort of a feeling like, oh, I can do it myself, you know, right. or, you know, like everybody, everybody can do it themselves. They can all have a Bandcamp page and they can all put out their own records. But like, you know, to me, like record labels can't be more meaningful right now because like it's so hard to like get different groups of people like to know about these things. And that's exactly what labels do, you know, yeah. is they like they have their market, they have their people you know, that they, they sell to they know that the band doesn't you know, right. these, right, these right. bands don't and you're bringing all those things together you know, Yeah. and in, all along the way you bring all those bands, people together too, you know, it's sort of like a meeting point you know,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah
1: so yeah. I I'm, you know, I'm pro label, you know we, I sort of feel like you know they're they're more important than ever right now
0: yeah no i agree i agree uh, and you know you have put out kind of free jazz stuff
1: mm-hmm. talk
0: about some of the other bands that, that you put out
1: so i've put out um two guys from kenya uh macadam who's is uh my buddy stuck in denmark right now um grandmaster masese who plays this giant version of this um did two singles for them and then I also did a LP for for this free jazz band called Heart of the Ghost uh, with um, Ian McComb, um, jared gilgore and Luke Stewart from Irreversible Entanglements. And I saw those guys on tour here in town, and and it was like to me, it was like seeing like the Minuteman. It was like yeah. the free jazz version of the the Minuteman. You know, they were just like three dudes, like. Play in this like really aggressive form of, of of free jazz, you know. But it was like, you know, grooving and like joyous and like everything, you know, like everything at the same time. And you couldn't help but like love all the noise that they were making, you know. It's awesome. And you know, they were totally like, you know, get in the van, just go wherever, you know, play anywhere. If you get two bucks, who cares, you know? Like, you yeah. know, just just the coolest dudes ever. Yes. And I was like, you know, will you put out a record on my non-existent label? And they were like. <laughs> They were like yeah sure why not you know and you know of course i didn't explain to them that i didn't have a label but you know <laughs> or i had a fake label yeah right it, right you know sort of pulled it together and you know they must have thought i was nuts they probably still think i'm nuts but you know i'm pretty stoked to be able to bring their music to the world because because they're great and yeah, i've got a new, new LP coming out by them right. soon right. yeah second one coming See. out and, then, and, uh,
0: hmm? and your own your own band Yeah. Is on there too
1: yep and then you know my band uh dr pete larson and cytotoxic you know, T-T band we've done two records we did one last december and then one this past month um, with my buddy fred thomas uh, who's on polyvinyl uh cat styes vocalist here tom holman who was in usa as a monster and in mounds and then uh my buddy mike list of fantastic percussionist uh, here in town and Dave Sharp, another friend of mine. And so we've done a couple records with, with us and, and that's, that's done really well, you know, super fun, just fun to make music, fun to put out music, fun that, you know, somebody buys music. Yeah. uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just hard to, it's hard to get anybody to write or do anything. You know, I think everything just disappears now. Um, so hard and it's so weird um this is kind of a side note but i yep i was in chicago outside the empty bottle oblivions played one night and uh magus was going to play opening for tortoise at the empty bottle the mm-hmm. next night which is a crazy packed show but sure. jim came out jim came out and said hey man uh and i'd never met him before mm-hmm. he said hey uh uh i'm jim and i was like oh man i'm so 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 great to meet you I Said you wrote the first review of of uh couch
1: that's and right like, in wipeout
0: <laughs> and i said yeah, oh, nice. i didn't know you know that was a long time ago it's like i just that meant so much to me i was like you know same thing it's my fake magazine you know yep. i'm writing about whatever but yep. people would do that kind of stuff and it's the same kind of thing you know mm-hmm. and it's just so hard to get you know any kind of press and any kind of press that means anything and you know for all the information communication flying around
1: uh, i have no idea how to promote a record right now it's so crazy I have no idea yeah like I, I was just hanging out with my buddy fred thomas and we were talking about it and like it's just like absolutely clueless and i don't know if that's my age or or what you know but i just i just don't know how to do it like this rock journalism music journalism is like does it even exist you know, like yeah. everything's so no. centered on Facebook, right. And Instagram right now, you know, that like there's, you know, it's just really hard to get the word out. I don't even understand how it works. You well, know,
0: everything is, everything is shorter. Everything has to be quick, you know, down to like the Spotify thing where, you know, if mm-hmm. you don't hook them within the first 15 seconds, you know, somebody switched the, you know, it's changing everything, but. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it is frustrating. Um
1: yeah band, know, yeah, band camp has really helped.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, there's still a community of people that you know mm-hmm. share things, and you know, you can bop from you know one band to another, one listener to another, mm-hmm. and, and that that really does work. So hopefully that <laughs> hopefully there's some way to to keep everything going and and keep inspiring people to make more great music. You know,
1: totally. I mean, but at, you know, I, at the same time, and I think we talked about this last like despite the fact that like the the music economy and the record economy is so constrained right now like there are so many fantastic records coming out it is, oh, yeah. it is absolutely overwhelming and, and like i can't keep up like yeah, yeah you know either like you know with with my attention span or with my, my 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 bank book like you know it's just impossible you know i see like 10 records every day that i like i want right you know I'm like, oh my god i gotta have this you know and you know like like a walk down to encore records today just to go say hi to barnaby again you know <laughs> like hey man how you doing he has a stack of records he just got in in there and it's like right on there there's like you know the new oransu pazuzu records sitting there and i'm like okay i have to have it you know
2: right done
1: you know you know yeah, yeah. thank you you know but of course i'm poor but oh well what are you going to do
0: right yeah it's the same thing you know i i'm buying from the for the store looking at them going, oh, I really want that record. You know, if, if if no one buys that, I'll buy that record, you know, that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> there it's, goes all the profits.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can't afford the record, but, you know, it, it's in the store, you know, I'm looking at it, uh, and if somebody buys it, I'm like, yes! I, I yep. got somebody to buy the record, you know, that's the whole point, is to actually sell the records rather than buy them yourself, which is yeah, you know, totally. <laughs> not yeah. a good way to, to, you know, getting high on your own supply or whatever it is.
1: Nope, yeah. Yeah, Uh, but uh, i i I just I just think it's it's a great time for music, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight everything, you know. It's really easy to get negative, but there's a lot of fantastic music going on out there that it's overwhelming.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Having studied infectious diseases, uh, you were saying that uh, this is a very busy time for you. um, And
1: oh, I'm swamped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely busy. Yeah, this is you know, if you're in any type of public health right now, like, you know, you've, you've, you know, nobody cared about you six months ago, but yeah. now, you know, like everybody's banging down your door because like there's a million things going on for obvious reasons, you know, yeah. and I wish this wasn't the reason, you know, I you know, Sure. I would like to be, you know, as busy in times where people aren't, you know, you know, dying in hospitals, you know, and that kind of thing. But, you know, rather like the world not be devoid of live music or, you know, like, you know, people not being able to go out. Yeah. It's rough.
0: Yeah. But don't go out, stay in, (laughs) wear a mask.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I gotta, I gotta give a plug, right. You know, um, wear, wear your damn mask. It's absolutely serious. You know, there's nothing wrong with putting a piece of cloth in front of your face you know, to go into a store. If you work in a store, you should wear the cloth on your face. Um, Definitely don't go hang out in bars as much as I love to hang out in bars and love shows and all those kinds of things. Like they are just absolutely like, you know, the best place for COVID-19 to transmit. You know, if you don't want to get sick and you don't want to see your friends get sick, you'll stay out of the bars, you know, for sure. And I know that's hard for people. If you're going to hang out with people, go hang out in the backyard, sit outside, get some chairs, spread apart, you know, crack a few beers, you know, hang out, talk, do all the the things that you do, you know, but, you know, this is a very serious time.
0: Yeah, I think what's, you know, gotten America to this point has been this stubborn individualism and uh, that's not helping us right now.
1: (laughs) It's a handicap. It's an absolute handicap. It always has been, but, you know, I think it's just obvious now. Yeah, you know, we've got to completely rethink our healthcare system. You know, we've got to re- completely rethink, you know, our social welfare system. You know, we've got to completely rethink the fact that, like, you know, we as Americans need to protect the people around us, you know, and all need to pull together, you know, as one, you know, to build a better nation for all of us, you know, not just for like a few people on top. Right. You know, it's not a competition.
0: Uh, we, we, we feel like we, you know, I think Americans feel like. Where for some reason it'll work out for us, where there's real no really, it always has in the past, and um,
1: it's worked out for some people. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and other countries, you know, with a lot less resources than we do, have been able to, you know, come together and and you know, and act as a unified country for the good of everybody. We don't like to be told what to do, so we're not going to do that. It's just you know, I don't, I
1: don't, I don't like to be told what to do either. You know, but I also like you know, I like for my friends and family, even the people I don't know, to like live like fulfilling, healthy lives. You know, I like to live in a world where that's happening.
0: All right, that's what we're looking forward to. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone will hear this uh, this message. uh,
1: I hope so. World will be changed. Like, like, like you know, the tweezer seven
0: inch. Right, ball and goner. <laughs> agents, agents of for good. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> cool man. Thanks, thanks for talking to me again.
1: Uh, Dude, thanks, thanks for hanging again. It was totally fun.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. Looking forward to uh, more from uh, Dagger Ready. And, and awesome man.
1: Good yeah,
2: to see you. you. Yeah. Yep.